Ladies and gentlemen, a Disneyland program reminder. In just a few moments, the curtain will be going up on Slewfoot Sue's Golden Horseshoe Review, and plenty of free seats are still available. Thank you. Um, so I have another one. Um, when uh, I went to Walt Disney World in the early 2000s, uh, it was right after Animal Kingdom opened. So it wasn't. It was a pretty new park. It was. I think Animal Kingdom opened in the late late 90s. So it wasn't. Wasn't too far into it. Um, and we were walking around that day, and it was we were having a good time. I was really sad because my camera got lost. I don't know hmm. if it was stolen or lost, but like I had a kind of a new camera, and it would, it just disappeared. So either I left it on a ride or I left it under a seat or something. And so we were walking around, and I was just you know kind of like depressed about that. And the sky opened up because it was in September, which is you know hurricane season, which is also unbelievably huge thunderstorm every day season in Walt Disney World, and it poured buckets of water. I've never, ever seen a rainstorm so thick and heavy. And we were in sort of the Asia section of Animal Kingdom and sort of took refuge under this weird, ornately carved pagoda. And for a moment, I did not feel like I was anywhere but Southeast Asia. You know, it was because that park is so well-themed and so ridiculously detailed that it was very easy to suspend disbelief for a moment and be like, this is what it would be like to be in Thailand right now. <laughs> and it was so realistic that I was like, I can't believe how awesome this is, you know, that they went to the, to the level of detail to make that part kind of grungy and kind of weird. And we were soaked to the bone. And it, it just, it just made me forget about this awful thing that just happened completely, you know, turn the day around, you know, and then the sun came out and we just, you know, I just basically wrote it off and we had a great time the rest of the day. You know? Oh, I thought you were going to say that the sun came out and you found your camera right there. No, no, I didn't find the camera. The camera Lying was... there in a puddle of water. Unfortunately, the camera was lost forever. Uh, such a, a cool thing to happen in the middle of the day, you know? Yeah, totally. It's really yeah. neat. You know, when I was uh, at Disneyland just the last time, uh, I was, as, as you guys are familiar with, and maybe some people that are listening, uh, there are... For that. Right after what? Brad, you said you like to dress up like Mickey Mouse, and Alex gave you some grief for that. Okay. So I like dressing up like Mickey Mouse, and, you know, I got the red pants and the black shirt and the yellow bow tie and the white vest and the ears, of course, on my head. And it's always great because I walk around the park, and you get all sorts of reactions from guests and cast members. You know, you get people that, you know, really have just, like, a smile on their face. You walk by that kid that just, like, you know, they just, like, are looking at you the whole time. And you can see their head kind of swivel around while they're, like, watching you walk by. And, uh, you know, some cast members really, really appreciate it. They think it's really cool. And, you know, it really brightens their day. But um, there was uh, this brief moment when I'm walking through Tomorrowland to Space Mountain in the opposite direction is this girl wearing uh, blue pants, an orange uh, like turtleneck, uh, a baggy black uh, vest, and like a green hat. Oh, and she's the Mad she Hatter? Was, goofy. Goofy. It was, <laughs> I can't believe you. You're just this pickle. <laughs> but she was, I mean, it was, it was perfect. It was spot on. And it, it, there were no words exchanged. There was just a high five that happened as both of us were walking past each other. And that was it. And awesome. there was it was there was nothing else. It was that was it, and it felt great because we both knew what was up, and everyone else around was like, "What just happened?" <laughs> That's great. You know, yeah. I wonder how um, how Disney sort of because they they obviously don't care that people do that, 
But I wonder how much confusion it causes with people that aren't really familiar with what's going on if they think you work for Disney. Well, well they I do care about that because they don't let yes. you dress up in full costume. Yeah, I know that. They don't yeah. let you wear. They don't let you wear your costume that uh, that will actually confuse a guest to think that you are a character. So if they're stopping traffic and people are starting to come to you, and if you can't sign autographs, you can't talk to them like character. So there's lots of rules regarding that. But um, but I think they're okay with you. You know, they're. I mean, they're obviously okay with you dressing up however you'd like. Um, because I mean, Halloween is even a special case where they're a little bit more relaxing on that anyway. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, they seem to be okay with it. Though I, I will admit, dressing up like that, if I'm not wearing the ears, and uh, sometimes if I am wearing the ears, uh, I do get stopped uh, pretty occasionally from guests that, that ask me a question. Yep. Because it's you know I look I look like I'm just a, uh, I look like I'm just a generic Disneyland cast member. Uh huh. You know? Wait, and you, and you have a cast member pin now, right? Uh, yes, but I don't <laughs> wear it at the park, Greg. Oh, okay. All right, I was going to ask that. No. Uh, you know, I, I did for a moment as an experiment kind of thing, which is really fascinating. I can get into that in a minute. But, uh, it, you know, I, I, you know, I've got just like my, like I said, I got my red pants, my black shirt, my you know yellow bow tie, and a white vest. And who the hell wears such a ridiculous outfit at Disneyland? You Louis. Know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I do. I'm and, sure that people know, do come up to you. I'm, uh, that doesn't surprise uh, yeah, me at all. No, it was it's you know it's really entertaining because I don't think they realize you know it, it, even after I answer whatever is their question because you you know damn well I'm going to answer their question. Oh yeah. And uh, you know they're going to ask me where are the nearest bathrooms and I'll be standing right in like front of uh, lot, uh, um, Blue Bayou and I'll do the two, two finger, finger point, point yeah. pass right. <laughs> yeah. I'll do the two finger point right over to the restroom over at New Orleans Square at the end of the row. Uh huh. And, uh, you know, and I have no problem doing that. But as soon as it gets into, you know, and stuff, yeah. yeah, my cats routinely ruin things. <laughs> Greg, do you have another one? Uh, let me look here. So, yeah, a couple things. I mean, one of the things that really stuck in my head when I was a kid, I, I loved Tomorrowland more than anything. And Disney World had a really beautiful Tomorrowland at that point in time. It still does. Um, it's cool, although it's not as elegant as it once was. It was yeah. it used to be more Jetsony and well, none uh, of them are, except yeah. for Tokyo, I guess. I guess Tokyo's is still totally crazy eighties and stuff. It's sort of it, it's a it's a weird mixture of everything there. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's there are a couple good things and some not so good things. It's it's a really weird mishmash of stuff. Um, but Florida's was probably Florida's in the seventies was probably the best it's ever that any Tomorrowland's ever been. It was yeah. just really beautiful, and uh, there are some things there that really, really just just dominated my thoughts. They, um, I just loved that vision of the future that they were portraying at that point in time. The one of the most powerful parts of it was at Space Mountain. Um, as you left, um, after you rode the ride. You'd go on this long speed ramp back out to, you know, where the uh, uh, Grand Prix Raceway is. And now I, I can't even remember what they call it now. It was Rika 1 for a while. And it's sort of this, it was a FedEx thing for a while <laughs> um, where they had sort of outer space scenes of people beaming packages around the solar system. I remember and that. It was kind of awesome. Yeah, it was sort of, well, it was sort of silly. But what, in the <laughs> 70s, the whole thing was sponsored by RCA. Oh, wow. And um, the ride on that speed ramp was called the Home of Future Living. And it was this incredible household that you would go by with animatronic figures in it. Um, 
and it would show kind of how consumer electronics had revolutionized their lives. It was supposed to take place probably like the year twenty one or you know twenty forty or something like that. It sounds like the end of the Carousel of Progress. Yeah, similar idea to that. Um, it was the first thing you'd see was a dad doing a video conference with folks in his office. <laughs> then you'd see uh, um, a guy, sort of maybe late teens, early twenties, practicing skiing in, in kind of a video game thing in front of a big screen TV. Um, there was, was it a, Oculus Rift. <laughs> uh, no, it was actually a big screen TV, so you could see what he was doing. I see. Um, there was a baby that was being monitored by a video a video camera in the nursery. Um, a woman that was learning how to make up a, a, a vase uh, through a two-way TV so she could talk to her instructor and instructor could see her. Um, and then there was a living room. Oh, there was a, there was a, a teenage girl who was watching a video disc with uh, rock and roll music on it. <laughs> and uh, then the final scene was a big screen TV where they were watching moved after a while because RCA was doing the division, which was sort of a video disc type thing. And then it, was, it wasn't as cool then because all of a sudden everybody was watching a video disc. There was no interactivity anymore <laughs> um, just because they had to push this product. But before that happened, it just was this incredible experience going through this thing and thinking about uh, you know, what my life was going to be like when I got to be older. And I have to say that they did an amazing job because they actually almost nailed everything. They got almost everything right. The style was off, certainly, but um, the ideas were kind of spot on. Uh-huh. I think it's it, it, it's by virtue of it being sponsored by a consumer electronics company. I mean, consumer electronics basically dominate our lives now, and they didn't know that then, but they they won. Yeah. Uh, even RCA didn't, but their the field they were in did. And uh, it, they just, it just did an amazing job uh, kind of making me think about what our lives were going to be like. And that, and then seeing the Progress City model when I wrote The People Mover, those two things just really, uh-huh. I love those things. Isn't it interesting that in the, in the, in the earlier decades of our lives that um, the future was very video conference oriented? You know, like even into the 80s and 90s, people thought, oh, it's going to be like, this is what we're going to be doing. And isn't it interesting that we have that technology now, but we don't use it very often in favor of this asynchronous texting, you know, that nobody thought, you know, there was never anything in like the 50s. In the future, people will send text messages to one another, you know, nobody ever thought of that. But yet it's the most popular thing by a huge order of magnitude over everything else. I find that fascinating. Yeah, video calling. I mean, definitely was sort of the 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 hope and promise for a very long time. And the problem, one of the pro- one of the problems was it was incredibly expensive. Mm-hmm. And strangely, now it's completely free. And it, it, at least with me, it has caught on. I do video call my parents quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Like, anyway. Cool. Cool story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. One of my favorite stories I've actually told on another podcast, so I don't think I can rehash it this time. Uh, the, the, I'm the, sure you can. <laughs> uh, sneaking into the uh, Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse at Disneyland um, and laying there until well, well after closing. Well, was, you know, that was really I think fun. that was on our Lost podcast. Was it? When you talked about that. Oh, I think it was. You're right. I'm almost certain. You yes. are totally. So you well, ahead, I'm going to tell, tell it now. Yeah. Our, our Phantom podcast. Yeah. Uh, this is when I was about 19. We went to Disneyland in a, in a, in a small group of people. And. Uh, and this was when we were all far, far bigger hooligans than we are today. 
Uh, we were troublemakers of the of the highest order, and we thought it would be fun to just go up there and lay down on the top floor of the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse and just wait there and see what would happen. I we I, I don't know why we thought this was a good idea because to, to, to me now to me now I'm like oh we're gonna get in trouble we're gonna get thrown out this is we're gonna get arrested this is terrible but at the time when there was none of that so we were up there and just laying there and just. And then we were there for a long time just talking, and I, I looked at my watch, and I'm like, you guys, it's it's 1.30. <laughs> and they were like, really? And I was like, the park's been closed for an hour and a half. <laughs> and so we were like, well, I guess we should try to leave, right? And we were like, yeah, I guess. And so we, we creep out of the treehouse, and we're like, well, I guess we're just going to calmly walk to the front, you know? And we start walking, and then immediately within you know within five minutes, there's like, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, we're like, yeah, we're just trying to leave. Like, where'd you come from? Uh, the, the 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 river? <laughs> Which river? <laughs> um, so that was kind of what he sort of worked his little magic there and got these security guards to be, to to see us in a better light. And the cool thing was, is as we were walking out of the park, they started telling us stories about being a security guard at Disney in the middle of the night and what you'd tend to find, uh, because people hide at Disneyland all the time. And they said that around two or three in the between two and three in the morning, they find most people because the sprinklers come on all over the park. And if anybody's hiding in the bushes, which is where they usually hide, they they hear them screaming pretty quickly because they're getting soaked with water because they really water the park at night. Um, and the other cool thing is, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but there is a huge herd of feral cats at Disneyland, and they come out at night. And so we saw tons of those cats running around, and it's really neat to to be in this deserted theme park that's just filled with cats, lots of them, you know, and they're all over the place, and they don't come up to you because they're very scared of people, you know, they don't have humans, uh, but they they they're they're all over the place, just running around, just sitting on sitting on the benches, sitting on the you know the the railings of the rides, sitting on it's, they're everywhere. It's just really neat. And then so we just they just sort of calmly walked us to the exit, and and we left. <laughs> so when you got walked out, uh, they caught us at a forty-five or so between okay. one thirty and one forty-five. It was pretty late, just just under two. Yep, that and sounds that was, incredible. That was still when Disneyland had a parking lot as well. So we got we got out there, and then right in the parking lot near the car, there was a big pile of Boone's Farm apple wine <laughs> that somebody <laughs> had just left there. Wait, and on. we we thought hold it was on. so funny that somebody got tanked up on Boone's <laughs> before going to Disneyland. Where was the parking lot? Uh, it's it's right where the uh, the Esplanade is now. Basically, ba- basically the Esplanade and California Adventure was the parking lot. No. Yes. <laughs> yes, and it stretched it stretched as far as the. So trolly, right? Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was fun, and I'm glad they were nice to us and didn't uh, didn't throw that us. That's good. D- you could they, it could have been a lifetime ban. You could have yeah. been totally screwed. Yeah. You know that same that same trip. I think either that How one that or work? I have another troublemaker story for you guys. Um, we oh. found the elevator in the Court of Miracles. Uh, I think it was the same trip, and uh, we you mean got, Court of Angels. The Court of Angels. Yes, <laughs> I've been watching The Hunchback too much lately. Hunchback. Yeah. Uh, and and we so we were, we, were, we were screwing around in there, and then there's this ornate door. And we open it up, and here's this elevator, and we were like, "Wow, what is this?" So we went in, and we went down first. You know, so we went down. Oh. The doors open up, and there's this long hallway that stretches out. And so we just sort of walk out into this hallway. Oh, man, and, you aren't supposed to be there. No, and just looking around, trying to, you know, I, and, and then we heard people coming. So we hightailed it back into the elevator and we went up to the top floor and we open it up and ding, Club 33 Kitchen. 
and so both of us were like ah ah (laughs) and we we again walked out a little bit into the into the kitchen and then of course here comes a chef or something and we you know giggle our way back into the elevator and down but it was such a fun like you know uh, teenager hooligan hooliganism moment to uh awkward totally yeah um but it was so neat to find just like what's behind this door mystery elevator (laughs) it was so great Oh, oh we gotta try that out yeah, I really want to. I want to do that more, but the, I I do fear that lifetime ban. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> back then, I just didn't I care. Wanna, you know, I don't want to screw with that, man. That that's that's some dangerous shit right there. Can you, how sad would that be too to like accidentally roll yourself into a lifetime ban to Disneyland? Yeah. Well, has it ever actually happened? I mean, I guess maybe it has, but I've never really heard of that. But I suppose if you were bad enough, you probably have to do something pretty bad. It has to be pretty bad. I, I wonder what think. you have to do. <laughs> we should we should find somebody who has been banned for Disneyland from Disneyland for life and ask them what That's they did. Idea. We should do that. I wonder if we could find them. Now, I I want to add something slash tell a different story for, um, based on your Club Thirty Three elevator thing, um, because I've been to Club Thirty Three before and it's pretty cool, and I like that a lot. Um, but there was this moment. It was that first time I went to Disneyland. Uh, on Christmas Day, and I went to Club 33, and it was pretty great, but the lights went out in the entire place, like in the middle of dinner. Wow. Yeah, and we had no idea what was going on, but we also knew that at about that time, Fantasmic was starting. Mm-hmm. So we thought, oh, well, maybe they dimmed the lights so we can you know, see or hear Fantasmic or whatever. And, uh, you know, we kind of looked out, you know, the window at the balcony and we saw that it was happening. And, and uh, everyone else kind of around, though, is, is a little puzzled. So we're like, oh, maybe this isn't supposed to happen. And uh, the waiter kind of came over and was like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. Uh, the power kind of went out. This has never happened before. And we're like, what? <laughs> like, the power goes out at Disneyland? That's weird. And uh, and then we kind of like, well, is I mean, do we need to leave or? And he's like, oh no, 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 you're fine. We'll figure it out. No, no time. Like all the power? Yeah. Wow. Gone. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So they were they were pretty puzzled about what to do. I mean, you can imagine if this never happens. And this was Christmas even, Day. Christmas Day. So there were like probably like eighty thousand people there. Oh yeah, it's tons. And now I I should clarify, it wasn't park wide. Oh, okay. There's there's different there's different grids on this thing, right? So um, I I didn't know the extent of what it was at the time, but you know the power's out, and we're kind of like, huh, this is weird. And you know we finished our dinner, but you know we didn't quite get to dessert yet. And uh, they they're kind of coming around. And they're 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 very perplexed. They have no idea what to do. So they're they're putting down little tea light candles and everything so we can see each other and. Uh, they came around with this is the best part. They came around with bowls of pop chips. <laughs> um, <laughs> because that, that's, they, that's their that's their backup plan. Pop chips. Well, I, that's what I was curious about because it didn't seem like they knew what to do. Um, <laughs> you know, and I was I didn't know why they did that either because again we had just finished eating our dinner. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but I imagine that everyone had. So they were kind of trying to. Uh, hold everyone off for a little bit because they didn't know when the power was going to come back on. Because, of course, the power being off in the kitchen means that they're not going to be making any food um, because the fans aren't running. 
which means it's getting very hot in there. And so it's getting very hot in the kitchen. They realize that they have to evacuate the kitchen. They can't keep it open for much longer. And uh, the maitre d' comes around and apologizes to everybody. And they get to our table and we're like, well, well, it's not really a problem at all. We're just, we had a wonderful time and, uh, you know, we just didn't get our dessert, but, you know, we'll go get it somewhere else. There's plenty of dessert around Disneyland. And he said, oh, my goodness, you did not get your dessert? <laughs> we said, well, no. And he just, like, leaves immediately, runs to the kitchen, comes back with our dessert and says, I'm so sorry about that. I'm like, you yeah. just risked your life to get us dessert. And he said, oh, well, I mean, maybe a few limbs or something, but nothing too serious. And, uh, and I said, well, we'll just finish this, and then we'll be on our way. And he said, great. And, uh, you know, he goes to apologize to other people, and we finish our dessert, and it was just delightful. And uh, our waiter comes back and tells us that the power is actually out in all of New Orleans Square. <laughs> so that was the extent of the power outage. It was, you know, all the New Orleans Square shops, both restaurants, both Club 33 and uh, Blue Bayou. Um, and in addition, Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. I wow. can't imagine what it would be like on one of those rides when the power comes out. Yeah. I can't imagine like the the shock and horror of being completely in the dark, even just for a few seconds before the emergency light surely would come on, but then immediately ruin the magic. <laughs> That's you really know? funny. It's really interesting. I, I wish I would have known what that was like, but kind of yeah. glad I didn't. But uh, you know, he, uh, our waiter comes over and, and tells us that, and then uh, and then gives us our check. And you know, I, it, for those of you who aren't familiar, Club Thirty Three has a pretty strict rule about um, the amount that you pay is equivalent to one day park admission per person. Uh huh. So you know, at the time, it's like eighty dollars or something. Oh, so so. so- like no yes. matter what you order, it's always that no, same price? Yeah. Well, it's oh. going to be at least that. Okay. Yeah. So if you don't order enough, then they'll, they'll tack it up until it's that amount. Okay. Um, you know, which is very true for lunch because it'll never be that. But it's pretty easy to do when you get an appetizer, entree, dessert, and a drink for each oh, yeah. of you. It's not, they it's they no price it so it's very yeah. easy to do. It's, yeah. it's really exactly. expensive. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we got our check and it's around $200 or whatever and not, and it was no surprise to us at all. And, uh, we, you know, we put our card down and he comes by and takes it and, uh, and then he comes back with just the card and puts it down on the table and says, don't worry about it. Oh, nice. And we're like, hold on, wait a second. No, that's not right. You can't do that. We're supposed to pay for this. And he's like, well, the power's out. (laughs) Yeah. So I can't. Yeah. I'm like. Oh, well, okay. That's awesome. And I was like, well, dang, does that mean that I can't get any souvenirs? Because I heard you guys had, like, you know, Club 33 ear hats and pins and stuff, and I'd like to buy them. And he's like, uh, let me go check. And then he comes back with, you know, two souvenir bags with two ear hats and two pins and says, don't worry about it. It's on the house. Awesome. I said, you guys are just crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm in heaven right now because you have to you know, consider what's happening here. It's Christmas Day. It's the first time I've ever been to Disneyland. I'm at Club 33. That's pretty awesome that you got to go to Club 33 the first day you went to Disneyland, too. And I just got comped my meal and got free souvenirs. It's this almost unbelievable circumstance. That's great. And uh, it was utterly fantastic. And then they tell us, of course, that uh, we have to leave uh, because they need to evacuate the whole area. And that they can't let us go down uh, the main entrance area of Club 33 
because uh, the power is out. And that means that the lights are out, so they can't guide us down the stairwell safely. And they can't let us get in the elevator because the power's out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so neither of those things can work. But, you know, of course, we got our coats in the closet because it's raining outside. And we got our coats and umbrella and a souvenir bag in the closet down at the, uh, downstairs. So what happened next was the most ridiculous, unbelievable thing for me is that he says, well, when we evacuate you, we're going to have to do so backstage. And I was like, oh, my God, twist my arm. <laughs> so so, yeah, you know, so we, we go we go like kind of through the kitchen to the uh, balcony where the uh, Court of Angels is and uh, and walk down the Court of Angels steps. And that's when I was like, oh, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, you know, we're walking down the whole thing. And and this guy that's escorting us wherever with an umbrella is like, you know, he's got like a, a flashlight. And we get to the Club 33 door and he waves it in front of the window at the top above the door. And, you know, the person opens the door and we get our coats and we leave. And we just had a wonderful time. And we're like, well, we're all dressed up. So let's go ride at Space Mountain. <laughs> and that was probably the greatest thing that ever happened. It can't, I mean, it can't be topped. It was a ridiculous, you know, unbelievable set of circumstances that happened. Yeah. That's cool. I, ha- I have one more hooliganism story from that same trip. Do it. Um, the, the night, the, this was before we, we snuck into the Social Media Robinson Treehouse. And we, um, uh, just before actually, this is what we did literally right before we did that. Uh, we rode Splash Mountain. That was our, our you know, the, like the, the last ride of the night. And we, uh, we, we go through Splash Mountain and we go down the thing. And, you know, and then on the little monitor there, we noticed that our friend Jeremy, who was with us, had taken his shirt off uh, for the picture, you know? And he was just sitting there just, like, nonchalantly, you know, crossing his arms, just a little smile on his face. And we thought that was the greatest thing. So we went to the end and wanted to buy that photo. And at the time, I don't know if they still do this, but they wouldn't sell it to us yep. because, because he had taken his shirt off. Yep. And so we were like, ah. So, so we got the brilliant idea that we are like, you know what? Let's go on it again and let's all take our shirts off. And then we'll just videotape the monitor so we have a record of it, because we knew they wouldn't sell us, you know, with all three of us taking our shirts sure. off. So that was our that was our brilliant idea, you know. So we we do it again. We just run right around. We get back in line. We ride it again. And as we're going up the hill, all three of us take our shirts off. So we get up to the top, and the the log just comes to an abrupt halt. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's and then we hear, please put your shirts back on. Oh, that's <laughs> and, so- and we're like, Marder. and so then we have a record of it, he's like, because we knew. Come on, you guys, it's you know, making me sick. All three of us taking our shirts <laughs> off. So, so that was our, that so, was a brilliant idea. So, you know? Cable so and we, I put our shirts back on, but Jeremy doesn't, and for some reason he the the ride continues again, and then it gets right over the top, right over the hump, and it stops again. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> so so Jeremy puts his shirt back on, and then and then they release the brakes right from there. Which for some reason made it feel even more of a of a of a straight down drop, and we huh. just think this is the funniest thing in the world, of course. So we get off the ride and we're just giggling and giggling. This is this is like right at closing time, and then we hear footsteps running behind us, and then we hear a voice: "You guys, you guys, are you my nudists?" <laughs> <laughs> oh it was God. the guy that was running the ride and we were like yes and he's like he's like so what did i sound like did i sound scary i've never yelled at anybody on the ride before was it scary <laughs> we are like, <laughs> like it was pretty scary <laughs> he's like all right well good luck next time guys <laughs> uh that's so great yeah 
Just, it know. doesn't sound like the vultures are talking to you. Like it doesn't come out of their mouth. Oh, that would be the <laughs> best. Like it moves at their rate yeah. too. Oh, so good. Put your shirts back on. <laughs> well, haven't you? Uh, haven't you heard of Flash Mountain before? I have heard of Flash Mountain. In fact, uh, yes. right. that, that's that's the end of that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, you know. I wonder where, like, oh, I guess that just they that comes internally, right? That's where those come from. Like somebody internally. I guess. Like where else do they come from? You know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but that was really fun. I just, I just love that we tried and failed, <laughs> despite our great grand plan to just, you know, serves you bootstrap right. it. Yeah. Serves <laughs> you right, troublemakers. So then we just went to trespass and Smith Robinson Treehouse. As you do. As yeah, you do. as you do. And somebody at Disney is listening to this right now, and they're like, ah, this is Alec Pasco. Taking notes. Lifetime ban. <laughs> Reason, shirt. 